Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Lotus Village Voices. We have an incredibly special guest today. Um, lots of things to celebrate today. Go ahead and introduce yourself first. My name is Daniela Levine-Cava. I'm mayor of Miami-Dade County. Amazing. Welcome, Madam Mayor. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we're celebrating a lot of things today. This is your first year in office. You are the first woman mayor of Miami-Dade County. This is also the first time we have a guest from outside of the shelter on our show. Ah. So you're setting the bar really high for us. <laughs> I'm very proud to be your first outside guest. Thank you. We're so happy to have you. And we're so grateful that you took the time out of what I'm sure is a crazy busy schedule to come here, give you give your service with your team. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, what brought you to Lotus House today? Why did you choose us as kind of a backdrop for this celebration of your first year in yes, office? Yes, yes. Well, I'm a huge fan, a fangirl of Lotus House. <laughs> I've known Constance Collins from the from when she was creating Lotus House. That's how far back we go. So I've watched her journey and uh, all that she's brought along with her, the incredible residents and volunteers and board members and donors who have truly created something unique and marvelous. So I haven't actually visited this building before. So it's really a treat to, to see the care that has gone into every little aspect, uh, the details to make sure that the women and children are comfortable here and feel valued, have opportunities, are treated with love and kindness and understanding for the situations that they're in and given opportunities to um, stretch and learn and grow and soar. So I think it's just an amazing program. I've always thought so. So because I care very much about how we help people in our community, especially those who are struggling the most. I thought for my first year anniversary, it would be great to get back to my roots. I'm a social worker. I'm a lawyer that served in the public interest. My early career was in serving women who were experiencing violence and children who were victims as well and homelessness. So uh, very, very dear to my heart. Yes, you've definitely been working in the field. There's a lot of overlap. Mm. That's what you've been doing throughout the decades of your career in Miami Mm. and what we do on a day-to-day basis here. Um, We thank you for your service, for everything that you've done. Um, So you did get a chance to see the facilities today, walk Mm. around. What was your favorite part of what you saw? (laughs) Uh, Well, I like that uh, reflection pool, that area, coming into a little peaceful space in the midst of what could be um, tense and anxious, I'm sure, for so many. So just a little quiet place. I love the fact that the children can play in this alleyway all the way around the building. It just seems like the kind of area that kids would love to run around the corners. It's got good hiding places. So I thought that was very special. Um, And, uh, you know, all the different rooms. I like the hair salon. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I thought that was really special to have a place where people could get ready for important events. Oh, yes. They love the salon. (laughs) They love Miss Scarlet. For sure. So you're talking about the the playground with the little sound instruments yeah. around that corner. Yeah. Yes, the kids yeah. love that space. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. All right. So pivoting a little bit, what, thinking about 
your time in office, closing the book on this first year, looking forward, what vision do you have for Miami-Dade County, especially with the context of what we've been talking about yeah. today? So, so I am a huge Miami-Dade County booster. I think not only that we're paradise in the sense of the sun and the fun and the weather and uh, the beautiful environment, uh, but the diversity, the dynamism, the strong entrepreneurial spirit, um, just a real verve. I think there's a lot of energy, a lot of energy here. But at the same time, we know many, many people are left behind and left out of that. Uh, and, um, you know, sometimes those folks can just really get run over in the effort to promote the new newest fad or the newest business. And so what I'm passionate about is making sure that all that success works for all of us and making sure that uh, the rising tide will lift all boats and that uh, people who are struggling are, are given the support and the courage. They can gain the courage that they need to, to take hold and, and make something better for themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you did another interview in this studio room right before this mm-hmm. uh, with the newscaster. He uh, brought up how you got a little emotional reflecting on your roots, as you refer to. Would you like to reflect on that a little bit more, maybe expand mm-hmm. on uh, what about what Lotus House does mm-hmm. as the largest women's shelter in the country? What uh, yeah. touches your heart? Yeah. Well, I didn't know until I recently was told here that it's the largest women's shelter in the country. That's very impressive. And I love the way uh, that you just call it the house, right? I mean, that to me speaks a thousand words that that's what this is. This is the house where people are living uh, as long as they're living here. And um, I just I just love that. I just, it just speaks volumes to me. Now, I grew up very fortunate. I lacked for nothing as a child. Uh, my parents' marriage was a little dysfunctional, but hey, they did eventually get divorced. So it wasn't total love and peace all the time. But, you know, relatively speaking, Certainly, financially, I lacked for nothing, and my parents believed in me. I had a great education. I had great opportunities. And I, from an early age, realized that not everybody had that. And I I credit my mother with showing me that. We lived in Brazil, where there's extreme poverty. I was 12 at the time. She started a women's, a girls' sewing group for little girls that lived in the favela, the slum, that She met when she was out shopping in the market, the street market. And she always cared for those who had less and tried to make opportunities. So I learned that early on. And I was determined from an early age to try to make sure that all children had the benefits that I had, that they they wouldn't lack for basics and that they would have an opportunity to uh, succeed and be loved. So that has really been the animating force for me in my entire career. Uh, And of course, when not just people don't have opportunities, but when they're actually victimized, um, uh, exploited, subjugated. It's that injustice tears my heart. So I did start back when I was, I don't know, what was I? I, It was after my first year of law school (laughs) and I was in Atlanta 
and started learning about domestic violence issues. I was working at legal services of greater uh, legal services, Georgia Legal Services, and the attorneys weren't able to do domestic work. And all these women were calling saying that they were in danger and they needed restraining orders. And I was so upset about it and that the office wouldn't do anything about it. And so they gave me permission to put together like a pro se clinic and also um, whatever I could do. So I started a domestic violence hotline and that was really my start in this work. Amazing. So you've really been doing the work the whole time. You, yeah. A lot of through lines with what we do as well. Um, and like you mentioned, you've been here to witness the growth of Lotus House, too. So we're so happy to be able to mm -hmm. have you here today mm -hmm. to Thank talk you. about it. Um, so we always ask our guests on the show, too, uh, if there's any takeaway message you can have for the listeners. So it could mm -hmm. be people who are living here, um, volunteers, donors, community activists, mm -hmm. people in Miami, maybe people beyond. Right, um, what, right. would, what would be your message to them? So I think that none of us is uh, an island and everybody needs support and people come with different needs but everybody needs love everybody needs support and lotus house is a place where people will wrap their arms around you if you let them so let them and and let that uh that love infuse you and and help you to overcome whatever hurt and um, fears that you've had. And, uh, you know, step by step, you can get stronger and you can be the person you want to be. I love that. Wise words from the first female mayor of Miami-Dade. Next up, the day before this interview, we walked around during the after-school program to ask the little kids what questions they had for the first female mayor of Miami. Here to read those questions is Zania, daughter of one of our alum staff members. Zania spends lots of time at Lotus House and is a very special girl. We're delighted to welcome her onto the show. My name is Zania and I'm 12 years old, turned 13 this year. Mm. And um, I was elected president of my homeroom in, I think, yes, yeah, sixth grade last year. And my experience as president was very challenging because since it was my first time. And so they put a lot of responsibilities on me. I did mess up sometimes, but I overcome the, me the messed ups. And um, I had a lot of requests. And like some of the requests I couldn't do because like I had to ask like the principal. And so when I told my classmates that I couldn't refill their requests, they would get upset with me. And so, like, I couldn't, like, answer the requests from my classmates. And, yeah, I did have fun. I, I, had, I enjoyed becoming president of my homeroom. And I like becoming president. I would like to do it again. But this year, since I'm in seventh grade, we have a letdown. So I tried out for the volleyball team and the dance teams. And so auditions will be on Friday. Oh, great. Okay, so the questions are, <laughs> how old are you and what grade are you in? Oh, that's some of the others wanted to know that, huh? So I'm 66. My birthday was in September. And um, what grade I'm in? Whoa. Um, I'm in lifelong learning. How's that? It never stops. 
Okay, so they asked, what's your favorite color? I like red. Red? Yeah, I do. I like bright red. What's your favorite toy? Toy? I love this question. My favorite toy? Gosh. Well, I have two grandchildren. They're two and four. So at this point, whatever is their favorite toy is my favorite toy. So they, they're really into the movie Frozen. So I'll just say anything having to do with the movie Frozen. <laughs> Who's in charge, the mayor or the principal? Prince, what did I say? The principal. Principal. <laughs> well, in the school, the principal's in charge. And then outside school, the mayor is in charge? Yeah. Okay, so I have one of my own questions. Um, How is it like to be the first woman elected to be mayor? So my experience is a lot like yours as class homeroom president. Because people ask me to do a lot of things, and I try really hard to get them done, but I can't get them all done. So sometimes I make people really happy, and other times people are mad or disappointed. So that's kind of how it is. But I try really hard, and I'm very persistent, and I don't give up. So sometimes it takes a little while, but if it's something important to do, I'm going to get it done. Okay, I have another one. Mm -hmm. um, do you have, like, a lot of work to do, like, every day? Yes, I work pretty much all the time. And do you get, like, time off? It's up to me to take some time off, but I don't take very much time off. Oh, it's so like you're your own boss? Yes, I am my own boss, except that I'm accountable to the public, meaning that if I don't do a good job, then they won't vote for me next time. Oh, wait, so how long do you get to be a mayor? For four years, and then if I apply again, if I run again, I could have a second four-year term, so eight years at most. Okay, I have no one. So when you was um, running for mayor, did you have to do, like, a lot of convincing to, like, like, did you have to, like, you know how when, like, for example, Biden, he had to run and, like, tell the peoples to, like, what he's going to do for them when they when he's getting elected. Like, did you have to do the same thing? Exactly. Did you have to do that when you were running for president of the homeroom? Yes. So, yes, you have to tell people what is your idea. Well, first you have to listen. What is it they want? And then you can tell them, well, I'm really in agreement with that. I really think it's important to help people find places to live. It's important to help people get good jobs. It's important to have reliable transportation, all of those things. And um, I said I would work on all of those things. And so I made some big promises. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, so like, like, do you have like a big office and stuff? I have a really nice office. I have a big one. It's on the 29th floor. It looks out over the, you can see the bay, the water, and downtown Miami. Ooh. You can see all the way to Coconut Grove and Carl Gables. And out another window, you can see all the way to the airport. So it's really great. And I have some really nice furniture nice. and nice photographs on the wall. I have a really nice office. Okay, so <laughs> when, like, do you have, like, Letters coming in asking you, like, can you, can you, like, do stuff? Like, asking for requests? All day long. Not just letters. Uh, emails, phone calls, uh, social media. They tweet at me and on Facebook and Instagram 
They're constantly asking you to do things. And do you fulfill them letters and stuff? I try to answer everybody. I get help from a wonderful group of people that work with me. I can't answer everything myself, but I try to make sure everybody gets an answer. And I let them know, oh, I'm already working on that. Or, oh, that's a good idea. We'll explore it. Or, so sorry, can't do that. And do they get upset too? Absolutely, all the time. But mostly they're happy. Mostly people are feeling good, like I'm really working hard. People know I work hard. Okay, that's nice. Well, I just want to thank you for becoming mayor, and I hope you have a good experience of becoming the first woman elected. You are awesome. What a great interview. Oh, my goodness. Once again, we want to express a huge thank you to the mayor and her team for choosing to celebrate her first year in office with us and for being our first outside guest on the show. And thank you to Zania and all the other kiddos for their endearing questions. We are now in the full swing of holiday planning and need your help. This is the busiest time of year for us by far, and for many of our guests, a somber reminder of what they lack and what they've lost. If you'd like to be involved in our festivities and help cultivate joy at the shelter this holiday season, please head to the show notes to sign up for volunteering or check out our wish list for toy donations. We kindly ask that all toy and gift donations be dropped off by December 13th so we have ample time to sort and wrap them for our women and children. We'll be recruiting volunteers from the 13th all the way until Christmas to help with this and are open for volunteers on Christmas Day as well if you wish to give your time. As always, you can hit the link to sign up for volunteering or email love at lotushouse.org for any other questions. This will be our last episode of 2021, and on behalf of our whole team, I want to extend the biggest embrace of gratitude to our listeners for supporting us on the journey of our first year of recording. And most definitely, our bottomless thanks to the Children's Trust and their Innovations Fund for making this show and our studio possible in the first place. We wish everyone a happy, safe, healthy, peaceful, and abundant holiday season with their loved ones. And we'll see you in the new year with more episodes and wholehearted stories. Take care and happy holidays.